What's going on guys, my name is Dave Fetzer and welcome to Into the Stands, a podcast for sports fans where we sit down with the people who make sporting events possible. On this show, we're going to talk to athletes, coaches, facilities and operations, media and more. If there's anyone that you would like to hear from, let me know in the comments or on Twitter at Into the Stands. We appreciate you listening to the show and ask if you enjoy it, please subscribe, rate and review because that is how we will get the exposure that we need in order to grow. Thanks again again and let's get into today's episode our guest today is a native of Menor, ohio where she was a three-year letter winner at Menor high school as a cardinal she was captain of the basketball team conference first and second team selection a greater cleveland all-star and mvp of the news herald classic all-star game She averaged 20 points per game her senior season with a three-point shooting percentage of 47%. From Menor, she went on to Lake Erie College, where she played in 111 games over her four seasons, averaging 32 minutes a game, racking up 266 assists, 568 rebounds, and becoming the team's leading scorer with 1,823 career points. A constant threat from the floor, she had a shooting percentage of 434 with 181 career three-pointers, In her junior season for the Storm, she surpassed the 1,000 career point mark and led the conference in scoring with 19.1 points per game. Once she graduated from college, she went overseas and played in Spain as well as in Mexico. She then got a call that changed the trajectory of her career, a career that would lead to a lot of fun and a lot of wonderful experiences, but not so many wins. In fact, that team that called her has only won one time. That win came in 1971 and they've been trying ever since, managing to not win a single game despite having played almost 19,000 of them. Everyone has heard of the Harlem Globetrotters, with legends and past players such as Sweet Lou Dunbar, Wilt Chamberlain, Meadowlark Lemon, and the first female to play with a professional men's basketball team, Lynette Woodard, it's hard not to know who they are. If you've never been to a Globetrotters game, the high-flying Globetrotters always play against the Washington Generals. With all kinds of antics, tricks, and just all-around hilarity and fun, the Globetrotters always seem to edge out their opponents. So let's get into it and see what motivates her, why she loves what she gets to do, and more about her in general as we step off the court and into the stands with Washington Generals sharpshooter, Kayla Gabor. So we're here with Kayla Gabor. Kayla, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, not too bad. Um, So we'll just start off from the beginning. Um, When you were in high school, you were pretty successful at uh, Menor High School. Um, At what point did you think, you know, maybe I can make a career out of out of playing basketball. Maybe I can actually do something with this. And what were your real basketball goals? Yeah. So good question. Growing up, I actually played both soccer and basketball. And it's funny because like most of my life, I thought I'd be a pro soccer player. I'm like, yeah, pro soccer player. That's it. But then, uh, you know, as the years went by, um, both I was always very successful at I just started to love the sport of basketball more um I loved the faster pace and more scoring and more action and I guess I don't know if there's a turning point necessarily I feel like just I had the best memories in high school um through playing through ups and downs with teammates um just learning life lessons along the way of playing the sport that I absolutely loved. Um, I, I just always kind of was like, you know, I think I do want to play in college. Um, 
get school paid for, why not? And continue to do what I love at a higher level and just keep challenging myself. And luckily I did have that opportunity. So continue to play after. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so obviously you, uh, you play with the, with the, glo- the Globetrotters for the, for the generals. Uh, mm-hmm. did you ever watch the Globetrotters get to go to any games growing up, see them play or anything like that? Yeah, actually, um, so when Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse was Quicken Loans, uh, I saw them play there, so I got to see them play in Cleveland. Um, I was probably about 10 when I saw the first game. And then, actually, another time they came to our high school. uh, To Menor High School. Like, Menor is a pretty big high school. Like, we had about 3,500 to 4,000 people. And I know, like, occasionally they will go to... um, some larger high schools or smaller colleges or just colleges in general. So yeah, I know they did come out um, another time to our high school um, and I got to see them there. So I did see them twice. That's awesome. One of them was kind of a more personal, uh, personal appearance. Yep. For sure. Yep. So you, uh, once you left college, you ended up going to Spain and Mexico, you were saying mm-hmm. you're over there for a couple of years and then, yeah. Where were you at when you initially got like contacted by the organization to try out and like join the team? Were you playing overseas? Were you back home? Like, where were you at? Yeah. So I was actually in Mexico when I heard of the idea being a possibility for the first time. Um, So I was playing there and I had an agent and he mentioned that they had reached out and seen some film on me and were interested and it was definitely um a shock I'm like wow uh a turn of events something that you know I would never like really imagine Uh, you're seeing you're seeing and hearing different teams um overseas or different teams in Mexico that you've never heard of like I could tell you I played for Lobos de Agos Calientes, but you'd be like, who? Like, not, not a clue. in Mexico, but you wouldn't know who that is. But then when you hear, obviously, the world famous Harlem Globetrotters, mostly everybody is like, oh, yeah, of course, of course, I've heard or I've seen them already. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, when I heard it, it was definitely a shock, but kind of like, a, eh, I don't know, maybe this is going to happen. Maybe not. It's it's cool. But like, I guess we'll wait and see. And then was there kind of like a sense of like relief or excitement or something when you found out that you actually made the team of, you know, what, what did that feel like? Yeah. So, well, basically, okay. I returned from Mexico and then, um, I actually got a date for a tryout. So I'm like, okay, this is real. Cause we're we're getting somewhere now we're getting there. Yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it was actually something that was going to happen. I'm like, "Mm, I wonder how many people like hear of this and, how like did they reach me out of all the former overseas players or WNBA players? Like so many people could be reached to have this opportunity. Like why, um, why and how did they find me? So um, got a date for the tryout and I'm like, yeah, I mean, of course I'll attend and see what's going on, see um, the feelings when I get there and how it goes. And when I went, it went fantastic. I had great feelings from the coaches, the players, just good energy from everybody who took part in that tryout. And it went really well. Um, so then obviously, yeah, I ended up making it. And for sure on the inside, uh, I was very happy 
nervous because I'm like, wow, like this is actually real. I'm going to be performing um, at major arenas and in front of thousands of people, not not just hundreds at my college games or at my overseas games, thousands. And yeah, so and it, definitely exciting, but also uh, I was nervous at the time, too. <laughs> Yeah, so that kind of leads in perfectly to to where I wanted to go next. Like, what yeah. was your reaction going into the first game? You know, being in the locker yeah. room, getting ready. You know, what were you feeling? What was going through your head? You know, obviously, anybody in that situation is gonna be a little nervous. Um, yeah. But you know, I don't I don't know what kind of prep you guys have done did, did before the season. I'm assuming you guys worked together, practiced together, and everything before you started. Yeah. Um. But you know what what was it like going into that first first game wearing a general's jersey? Yeah. So the, the first game, uh, definitely a lot of nerves, but you know, I was out there knowing that all the fans who were in the crowd, I mean, were not, not necessarily rooting for me because obviously I'm the team of the villains, but like, they're all out there, like looking to see a good performance, looking to see good basketball players do their thing. So I knew going out there, um, like it was all good energy and I just had to go have fun. Like I couldn't, and, and knowing this in college and playing at high levels overseas as well, like I've kind of gotten past that point when it's game time, it's game time. So yeah, when I went out there, I knew I had good support and I actually, that first game uh, we played in Pittsburgh and I actually had a lot of my family there too. That's awesome. So having the family support was also um, more, I guess like warming. Yeah. Luckily it was close to home. It could have been, you know, anywhere in the world, but luckily Absolutely. first the first couple of weeks of tour actually we were all around um Ohio area um PA. So I did have a lot of friends and family come out to many of the games, which is cool. Yeah, that works out perfect. Yeah. Um and yeah, that's I mean that's how we met. Um Right, yeah. We were you're playing in Columbus at uh, the Schottenstein Center over at Ohio State, and uh, and I I was asked to run the scoreboard because I do that for Ohio State, and I'm like I'm you know I'm watching you play, I'm like man she looks familiar, and I couldn't couldn't put my finger on it, and you know long story short, turns out we have some mutual friends. You went to college with some of my friends from grade school, and I just I don't know right. if I'd seen you on social media or if you just have a familiar face. I don't know. Yeah, um, but we kind of got to talking, and you were telling me you know, you guys were still in the very early stages of your, I don't know if you'd call it your North American tour or U.S. tour or whatever yep. uh, wording you guys use. Um, and you were talking to you how demanding it was. You guys, I think, were in the first two weeks of it at that point. Um, what What is that schedule really look like as far as games go? Uh, what's the demand on the players like? And, and how are you able to keep that energy? Is it yeah. something that, you know, the fans in the arena kind of help renew that energy or, For sure. um, you know, how, how, do, how do you keep that going? For sure. Yeah. Okay. So to start uh, the first two weeks of playing, we played two games every day because we started the day after Christmas um, until a little bit after the new year. And that's, you know, a lot of times that people are off school, off work. So a lot yeah. of people can come out, which is why we do that. Absolutely. Um, so definitely it was um, a lot initially, but it was good because it really gave us good experience, like right off the bat. It just got us into the flow of things. Um, 
kind of knowing how to balance your work life because it is job it is work but I mean for me like what gets me through it is it really isn't work to me it's what I love to do um it when I'm home what I do is work out and go hoop so now I'm just on the road getting paid to work out and hoop so uh for me, I would say what gets me through it is, you know, it doesn't feel like work to me. It is truly what I love to do. And also what just is an icing on the top is the fact that it's an inspiration to so many young, young athletes and even who, whoever comes to watch, not even just the kids. It's really a whole family show. I love seeing fan reactions after the game and speaking with people and, just having good feedback because um, that support means everything to me. It's something, you know, when I eventually do retire from playing basketball on the side, when I'm home, when I've been home from playing overseas, I train kids. But now what I do is reach more kids than I ever could imagine literally and yeah. be that role model and, I'm glad it's me who's able to do it and has had this opportunity because really it has been a perfect fit for me. Yeah, that's awesome. It's you're you really are kind of like living the dream. And uh, I, I, being that you're from the Cleveland area, I think you know yep. you'll appreciate. I know Oscar Gonzalez is a he's in the Guardians organization. Um, his walk up song is the SpongeBob theme song, and <laughs> it's literally just to remind him that he gets to make a living playing a kid's game. Yeah, and I, I think it. it's the same. It's the same thing with you. It's like you know, you know, you get to, you're 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 definitely blessed to be able to do that. Yeah, um, exactly. So you started out playing in the U.S. and then mm-hmm. you, uh, I don't even, I'm not even sure really when when you you found out that you were uh, going to go play over in Europe with with the, the generals. Yeah. Um, you know what what was that like? You know what what did you know, was it a shock? Did you expect it? Or, you know, how, how did you find out about that? Yeah. So we started out, um, in all like the Northeast and, uh, basically when I found out, I got a call that like we were going to do a European tour. And the first initial tour was, um, to play for military troops actually in Italy and Germany. Oh, that's awesome. And it was something that they've done in the past. And I was like, wow, very good opportunity. And the fact that they asked me to go over there and play with the team and do the same thing, but now perform for the troops overseas was great because, you know, we're bringing a sense of home to them when they're away from home. For sure. And able to just kind of like bring joy and smiles to their faces. Um, so yeah, we actually, we ended up going to Italy, Germany, France. We were there for about a month on tour and we were in Austria, Belgium, the UK In the UK, it was Scotland, Wales, England, and then, um, went out to Spain to finish the tour. So as far as like crowds and stuff go, you know, obviously, you know, the Globetrotters are huge here in the States. Yeah. Are they as big overseas? You know, I, I have no idea what their presence is outside of the u.s actually bigger it was really yeah it was phenomenal fan support overseas um incredible i i was very impressed um very satisfied because the 
energy and the atmosphere. We were selling out games everywhere that we went. Um, I would say, I mean, I don't want to say the lowest was 7,000, but we, we had up to 17,500 and that was in Madrid. That's incredible. That, that arena was fantastic. Um, and then in Valencia and in Barcelona, we had 10 to 12,000, um, some some of the arenas, I think, like when we played in Palma de Mallorca, it was a little smaller of an arena, but sold sold it out. Um, okay. So really, yeah. everywhere we were going, it was pretty cool because internationally, I mean, this is a world famous team. They were looking at us just like yeah, all, treating us as if we were NBA players is what I felt. That's so like. cool. So it it was very cool. Um, we had great support, great great support overseas. And I mean, here, uh, domestically, we, we get great support too, but yeah. the energy, in my opinion, uh, was bigger and better overseas. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. Um, so like while you were over there, you know, did you have any really like kind of wow moments that stand out to you? Obviously, you know, you mentioned selling out games and stuff, you know, was there anybody that you met even, and this, this could even go while you're here in the States. Yeah. Um, anybody you met places you saw or, you know, anything that you, you did or anywhere you went that really stands out to you. And you're like, dang, you know, I'd like, I'd love to be able to go back to that moment and relive that. Yeah. Uh, well people I met, so I did get to take a picture with Queen Latifah in Brooklyn. That's awesome. So that was, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, that was dope. Um, and, you know, we saw so many places, like places that I never would have desired to go see unless I was in the area. Like I got to see the Basketball Hall of Fame in Massachusetts and I got to see uh, the Arch in St. Louis, Missouri, like something I wouldn't typically drive out to go see. But I, I was able to do it because yeah. I was there. Um, so domestically, there were a lot of different, um, cities that I got to explore, but I would say internationally were the best memories just because, you know, I got to see the Eiffel Tower. I got to go ride a gondola in Venice. I got to see the statue of David in Florence. I got to go, go to so many cathedrals when I was in France. Like I didn't necessarily know the significance of every cathedral, but I, Got to see a lot of cathedrals, um, and yeah, it was just, uh, I don't know, like, I guess, have you been overseas before? I, I haven't. I I, really? I have a list of places I yeah. want to go, but I have not been. Really? Um, yeah. So, yeah. I, I was I was living vicariously through the Instagram stories. I'm not going to lie. Oh, my was... goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, for me, it was it was just cool. Um, so when we were at the military tour, we were on military bases, which was neat to kind of see a difference in uh, their living situation and food yeah. situation and grocery stores and like just like uh, their weight rooms. Because, you know, on tour, like, we also have to find time to get our workouts in and do do everything while staying healthy so we could perform because we typically play every day like every uh, here and there we do have uh, days off but it is um a very uh busy tour i guess (laughs) Um, so that was cool just to, you know, be on the different military bases. But then when we did head out to France, we were in with the public. So now, uh, we are, you know, just able to 
going the streets of France, just the mm -hmm. streets of um, Spain and just kind of see what it is living in this area. And most yeah. of the times what I did to take advantage is when we got to different cities, I'd do my workout was like running a mile or two and I'd run through the cities just to kind of go explore, go see like different stores around different streets, different areas. And I, because we do play in mainly uh, the main cities, I'd go see the cathedral there or I'd go see whatever uh, monument or cool thing that they are known for. Um, kind of a two birds, there. one stone deal. Yeah. Kind of nice. Um, so yeah um that's that's awesome worth so the like the military bases do they have they then have like i'm assuming they have basketball courts and set up yeah and stuff set up for for the guys that are over there do they have like seating and stuff around them or like how did that how did that look so the military bases were smaller um because the gyms that we played at were gyms for actually the high school uh, the oh, okay. kids, the children of the uh, military. Yeah, exactly. Oh, of the actual military, like, okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So gotcha. basically, um, those were a little bit, like, well, not a little bit, much smaller than, yeah. okay, we got to play at the O2 in yeah. London, like some of the, the uh, grand arenas that we played. That's awesome. But um, yeah, so those ones were all sold out because of, the demand everybody did want to come see the show but not necessarily was there unfortunately enough seating for everybody um so yeah the the military bases were mainly um those high school gyms that's that's awesome um so you know it's it's kind of one of those things where it's unfortunate you know we got the women's world cup going on right now uh down in new zealand and it's it's starting to get better uh but you know women's sports not only in the u.s but also internationally is it's a difficult undertaking if we're being honest you know wnba versus nba there's a lot of controversy there going on uh there's a lot of stuff going on right now in women's hockey i don't know if you follow hockey at all but there's some stuff going on in in women's hockey here in, in north america um you know what does it mean to you to be the second ever female to play for the generals and you know what? Did, what do you think it means to the young girls who come to see you play? And if you, for all the girls out there who watched you both domestically and internationally, you know, who watched you and dream of being in your shoes somewhat someday, like you know, what do you what do you have to say to them? Uh, you know, to keep them kind of encouraged and yeah. keep their head up. Yeah. Well, to be the second ever Washington General is a blessing absolute blessing it's something that like i said earlier on like why why me but you know i don't question it i i feel like everything happens for a reason and Absolutely. i'm so fortunate that it was me um who was asking given this opportunity um so i'm following actually nancy lieberman she was the first in 1987 i believe it was okay you got and your history down yeah yeah <laughs> I, I do know some about her because you know, like she, she's somebody who I searched and I, I really hope one day I can meet. Cause I know she's just like an icon in basketball now. Like she's made her mark. She announces for the Oklahoma city thunder actually. And she even, Oh, that's coached, awesome. Yeah. She was even um, an assistant in the 
NBA um, as a coach, and she played with with men professionally yeah. prior to playing uh, in the WNBA, and then she played with the Generals. So she has a very solid basketball history, lots of success, and it's just something when okay you're asking okay what I would tell some younger girls what they want to do or not even younger girls girls my age as well because yeah I I like to look at what other people are doing and aim aim for as high as possible shoot for the stars like there's no limit just set high goals for yourself now when I see somebody like Nancy Lieberman I'm just like wow that that's a goal to set like absolutely like and I've risen and risen but i i know there's more like they're yeah. they don't settle for less keep keep knowing your worth and keep knowing that um you could strive for greatness and if you want it bad enough if you train like for example for me it comes to me because it's something i love like nobody tells me go go do this go go lift go shoot go go do cardio like they're all things that I love to do because I know I have certain expectations of myself and I set Mm -hmm. certain goals for next season, for the next season. And I just know that, um, if the, like for, for the younger generation or for people who've watched me play, if you keep doing that, what's meant to be for you will come your way. Like it's going to fall in your pathway and you just have to carve your path. You just have to, keep being consistent and keep putting in that work and make it happen. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so Hey, for, you're, for you're, me. you, you grew up a Cavs fan, right? Yeah, I did. So, I, yeah. so the whole, the whole LeBron, you know, nothing is given, everything is earned. It just yeah. kind of all fits together, you know? Seriously. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, was awesome watching him growing up as well. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. So, um, my background, um, in, you know, podcasts and media and stuff is hockey so we have to have a little bit of a hockey reference in here somewhere so at the end of the the podcast we like to ask a couple couple questions it's the same questions for everybody and we call them the power play questions uh so first is what is your favorite sports venue that you have been to not necessarily played in but been to okay been to i would say the o2 in london um only because it's such a big venue and arena and it was so cool knowing that I was playing where so many top artists and performers and elite athletes have been have been performing so I was like wow it it felt really cool to just kind of see like when when in the world would I ever think I'd be able to be there and I remember like I I did it before every game just kind of right before the game uh the trotters would get the fans going and everybody in the arena would put their hands up in the air and just do a chant and like bounce them up and down and i before every game i just kind of look around the whole arena and just when you said that wow moment i did it every day like wow like i'm standing here about to perform in front of all these people so that was definitely uh something super cool and i'd say the o2 just because you know the background of that arena and all the elite people who have been there performing. Absolutely. So I'm assuming that one is uh, also the favorite venue that you've played in as well, or do you have a different one for that? Um, so I would actually, I want to say I do have a different one. Um, I would actually maybe say Madrid only because we played at the Wizzing center in Madrid because that was the largest capacity of people who came. We okay. had 17,500 people at that one. That's awesome. And I 
think that would have to be my favorite because of that and the energy in that arena. Um, and that was just one of those games that I couldn't miss if I tried. Absolutely. <laughs> so That's awesome. It was just like a, a good memory uh, that'll stick with me for, for forever. That's so cool. Um, so, you know, like you said, you, you growing up, you played basketball, you played soccer in high school um, mm-hmm. to where you are now. You know, what's your best sports memory? Is there a specific game in high school or in college or something that stuck out to you, whether it was basketball, uh, whether it was soccer, or even if it's, you know, going to a, a Cavs game or a Guardians game with somebody, you know, is there one that kind of yeah. sticks out to you? Um, so if, if I could say uh, for for like current out of everything, I would say that Madrid game. Absolutely. <laughs> Only because, like I said, it, it just came down to the, the part that I was letting it fly and I was already turning around like, the just Steph knew. Curry no look, like already like clapping my teammates' hands. Um, so that was definitely just a good memory, like that I won't forget. Um I in maybe I, I guess like in the past, like more so like college, high school, I don't know if there's a specific game. I I would just like have to say the memories all throughout, like playing in AAU or playing tournaments or just like continuing to like grow with your team and like learn was just it's just a journey and a process and the whole the whole thing as a whole um just looking back on it I just feel very fortunate that I was able to do all this stuff with my teams and get my seriously my my absolute best friends of life come through sports like not not just through soccer through basketball people that I stay in touch with every day or even here and there we we just have so much history uh playing together that you know we have that bond for life absolutely all right last one if you could attend one sporting event uh you know super bowl nba championships anything like that Mm -hmm. world cup what would it be definitely nba finals Finals. yeah i think that'd be awesome that'd be epic to go to (laughs) some old game seven action you know that's... literally <laughs> yep. <laughs> i've seen it outside the arena when the cats yeah. were playing but uh like they had all those uh watch parties and yep. i was at every one of them but if i could actually have been in the arena watching that final game would have been oh totally different insane. oh, oh yeah. yeah yeah that's i have one of my friends a couple of my friends are season ticket holders with the blue jackets down here and they they still mm-hmm. talk about a couple years ago when the when the jackets swept the lightning and uh they said you know it was the loudest that it ever been in the arena uh um, oh, yeah. i don't know if you've ever been to a blue jackets game they have a cannon that goes off after they score they said you couldn't even hear the cannon like no <laughs> they way. said it oh, was the God. loudest that no they've ever way. heard um that's crazy. So, that's awesome. yeah um but yeah so that's all those questions um yeah so thank you uh so much for your time um seriously, yeah, congrats congratulations on everything you've done um you know getting to play for the generals is a huge deal um, you know, just everything else you've done in your basketball career, being able to play, you know, around the world, uh, see the people you've gotten to see and, and have those experiences. Um, you know, I'd love to talk to you again once you get a couple of seasons under your belt with the generals and see, see where you're progressing. Maybe you'll get a little bit, a little bit closer to Nancy there. Um, yeah, for sure. and, uh, right now this is your time. If there's anybody that you want to say hi to or thank you to uh now's your time to do it like you know thanks to all like my friends family and all this fan support like through this whole journey that's what 
keeps me going, keeps, uh, has got me to where I've gotten and, you know, I'm very fortunate for it. And I just want to say thanks. Thanks to all of all the people who've got me where I've, where I've made it. Awesome. Well, on behalf of them, you're welcome. Um, it's it's (laughs) been great talking to you. Uh, I really appreciate your time and, uh, hopefully we can, we can talk to you soon and I look forward to seeing what you're able to do, uh, moving forward. All right. Thanks so much. No problem. (laughs) Hey guys, thank you so much for hanging out with me on another episode of Into the Stands, the podcast where I unravel the fascinating tales of sports and entertainment personalities. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. A big shout out to our friends over at Around the Fifth Line. It's a Blue Jackets-based debate show that you can catch on YouTube as well as on all podcast platforms. If you're craving in-depth discussions about the game, they've got you covered. And for the latest hockey news and news focused on the Blue Jackets, head over to THN.com slash Columbus, home of the Hockey News Columbus with articles written by Jason Newland. Stay in the loop with the freshest insights and updates. Follow Jason on Twitter at F1RE the Cannon for even more hockey goodness. Connect with us on social media. Follow me personally at the Scoreboard Guy, S-C-R-B-R-D, and at Into the Stands for the latest on upcoming guests and exclusive behind-the-scenes content. We love hearing from our community, so drop us a message and suggest guests for future episodes. As we wrap up today's show, let's remember the wise words of both Wayne Gretzky and Michael Scott. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Until next time, this has been the Scoreboard Guy. Dave Fetzer, thank you for listening.